Good morning, church family. Come on away, baby. Let me know you're awake this morning. How many of you know that joy is a fruit of the Spirit? That's what Galatians tells us. So raise your hands with me this morning and say, Lord, say, Lord, increase my fruit. Increase my fruit. Come on, let's worship Him today.
praise this morning? Until these legs give out, until these lungs give out, God is good. Look at your neighbor and say, I got joy. I got joy. I got joy. You can grab a seat. You can grab a seat in the presence of the Lord. I want to read a verse of you. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. Some translations say uh, joy unexplainable and full of glory. So I just want you to know we got joy this morning. Do you have joy this morning? We're so glad to be in the house. We want to say welcome to Dothan First. And uh, if you're a first-time guest with us, we want to say welcome Dothan First. Can we welcome our first-time guests? Whether in person or watching online, we just want to say welcome. And if you have your smart device, you can grab that, go to your camera, scan the QR code on the screen, text D1TEXT to 84576, fill out as much information as you don't mind us having, or you can grab the connection card from the pew in front of you. Again, as you fill that out, hold on to it until the end of service. You can place it in our giving boxes, but more importantly, we want you to meet some of our leaders and our pastors. And at the end of service, uh, there's giving boxes located in the back of the room or hold on to that connect card and go into our guest reception and we just want to say welcome we want to exchange a gift with you and just say thank you for being with us this morning so can we welcome our first time guests one more time come on we can do better than that we're so glad that you're here and comment and let us know where you're watching online but we want to let you know some things that we have going on here at Dothan First we love what God is doing in this city and in this house and so uh, we have a young adult service coming up on March 19th where my where my young adults at young adults in the house wave at me Pastor Michelle, she's cheering because she's, she's young at heart. Yes, she is. I'm so thankful for our pastors, and they have a heart for this for this generation, especially young adults. So on March 19th, go ahead and grab your phone as well. Scan that QR code. We need to uh, RSVP for this event so we can have uh, we know how much food we need to have. But then also, if you have uh, small children, we're providing child care, and we need to know uh, if you're bringing them because we don't want anything to keep you from a night of worship and fellowship with this generation. So please, scan that QR code on the screen and uh, for childcare it's five dollars a kid so please register through that we want to see you there somebody say March 19th and all of us either were young adults or we know young adults so uh, if you're somewhere you're in the post office you're at the mall uh, grocery store invite a young adult to this night it's gonna be amazing also we want to let you know that Easter's coming up how many of you are excited about Easter he is risen and we get to celebrate it and that's going to be uh, a great time for you to invite somebody we have two services one at 9 a.m one at 10 45 and we want to encourage you to serve one attend one and this is a great time for you to invite somebody as you came in today i don't know if you noticed the praying for the lost cards and there's 10 slots on there and as soon as uh two years ago when pastor lindsay and i got here and we heard pastor mark uh reference this i immediately started writing names down on my prayers for the lost and there's some names i had to scratch off but i had to get a new card and write more names so i encourage you uh be be praying about who you need to be praying for ask ask the holy spirit to put names in your heart maybe it's family members maybe it's a neighbor or a co-worker but invite them to this easter service it's going to be great we want to encourage you to be here we want to pack the house for those two services and then today is also celebration Sunday we get to celebrate a lot of good things going on yeah you can make some noise for that we're excited to be in the house and uh, with it being Celebration Sunday, we want to uh, celebrate some of our new members. But before we do that, I just want to remind you again that uh, on the D1 text or the scanning the QR code, you can sign up for GrowTrack. 
We challenge you, we encourage you to take your next steps uh, in this house to find your purpose and your pathway to ministry here. So again, I want to encourage you to do that. But since it's Celebration Sunday, can you give it up for our pastors as we welcome some of our new family members to the house? All right. Thank you, Pastor Will. And uh, man, it is a great day. It's a Celebration Sunday. So if you're a first-time guest here and you happen to show up on this Sunday when you got one less hour of sleep, then you pick the right Sunday to do it because we're going to have a lot of fun today. But we want to take a moment and uh, just honor and acknowledge some of our newest members. And uh, we try to do this at the end of every Grow Track session. And so today we get to honor some of those who have gone through our Grow Track and have said yes to membership. We're so excited about that. So what we're going to do is, as my wife calls your name, if you just come stand at the front here, across the front, and face the audience Uh, your church family uh, as we celebrate this recognition today. Yes, we're excited to welcome these to the family. And there's not everyone could be here today, but I'm going to call your name as he said. And as I do, just come on up here. Caroline Butler, Kobe Butler, Beth Ford, Sam Iceland, Blair Neely, Becky Raley, Mercedes Smith, Taylor Smith, Tanya Stanley, and Wes Stanley. Y'all give it up for them. Yeah, isn't this awesome? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the family. Guys, this is so exciting, and we're so grateful to God for each and every one of you. And uh, those of you in the church family, you need to know that as we read this covenant, it's just a reminder of what they've already said yes to. But here is the covenant that you all signed. Here it is. It says this, in recognition of your completion of Dothan First Grow Track and your desire to protect the unity, share the responsibility, serve the ministry, and support the testimony of Dothan First, we're excited to partner with you to see you fulfill the God-given purpose on your life. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to reread just four or five of those covenant promises. And if you just simply acknowledge at the very end of it by saying, we will as a covenant pledge. Here it is. Will you faithfully commit to fulfill the biblical command to love God and to love others, to connect to others in the family of God through regular fellowship? to grow spiritually by regularly attending our Dothan First services, to serve God by serving others through the giving of your time, talent, and treasure, and to go and reach the world with the love of Jesus Christ. If so, say, we will. Would you do this, friends? Would you, in our congregation, this is a church family, would you put your hands, stretch them out like you're just putting your hand on their shoulder saying, we're behind you, we're with you as we pray this prayer over them. Lord, thank you so much for the strategic hand of God that you would bring each one here to be a part strategically in partnership with God and with us to win our world to Jesus Christ. And now I speak a strategic blessing over each one, over their families, over their friends, over their coworkers, that Lord, these would be an example, a lighthouse to the glory of God. And we just thank you for each and every one of them bless them now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Can you just put your hands together and thank these? God bless you all. Thank you so much. We're excited about it. It's going to be an amazing journey and you can go ahead and be seated. Thank you so much. 
and cannot wait to see what God does. Hi, guys. How are you? <laughs> so sweet. Hey, listen, can you, we're, we're getting your hands warmed up today uh, because you're going to be clapping a lot today because it is Celebration Sunday. And uh, we have an amazing, awesome, wonderful, powerful, God-ordained children's pastor. And we're so proud and thankful for Pastors Josh and Natalie. And uh, today, he's going to come up and bring a little celebration towards some of our kids, and specifically one of our kids who did an amazing job this year with BGMC, the Giving of Missions for Kids. Come on, give it up for our kids, Pastor. Amen, amen, amen. I won't take up too much time, but I do want to give a moment uh, for this very special person. So Corbin, if you're in here, I know you're in here, buddy. Come on up here. I want to... I want to talk about you for just a second. Give it up for Corbin Onion, everybody. Come on up. <laughs> right here, bud. It's okay. I promise. We won't be up here long. I promise. Okay. So Corbin has, the Lord has just really commissioned his heart to go above and beyond in a very special way. This month in Kids Church, uh, in AG churches all over the world, we celebrate and we bring focus and emphasis to something called BGMC. If you're not familiar with that, it stands for Boys and Girls Missions Challenge. It's where boys and girls come together, and in whatever way they can, they raise money to make a difference in the world around them through our missions giving. Now, Corbin took that very seriously, <laughs> and out of the goodness and kindness of his heart, out of the love of God that's in his heart, he decided to make a difference, not only in BGMC here at the church, but also in his community, as he raised over $400 with a bake sale. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing what God can do when you're willing, right? And Corbin I am so proud of you, and I know that your family sitting in here is beyond proud. The generosity in your heart means that wells will be dug, hungry children will be fed and clothed, and the love of Christ will reach those who need it wherever that is all over the world through the efforts of BGMC. And you, my friend, are a world changer. Give it up one more time for Corbin, everyone. Along with Corbin's effort, I hold in my hand right here uh, over $850 pledged by our kids here at Dothan First. The very same kids that are sitting in Kids Church right now have made a faith promise and collectively almost $1,000 to give and come up with to see God move in the lives of people all over the world, people that they will never meet but they know God cares about. Amen? Amen. Can we give it up one more time for Corbin and all of our kids? Amen? High five, buddy. You're done. You're good. You can go back. You're good. <laughs> We're so proud of him. We're so proud of him. You know, along with BGMC, this month is a special emphasis on giving and missions. And here at this church, we celebrate it and we do that with our children through BGMC, but we also do it with our youth through Speed the Light. I could tell you more about it, but instead, check this out. I'm Peyton, and this is my Speed the Light story. For me, I was inspired to give to Speed the Light through two events. 
About two years ago, our church went to youth convention, which I highly recommend you all go to. And a girl got on stage and shared with us why she gave to Speed the Light. She said that her youth pastor told her something like this. Imagine that every dollar is equal to one soul being saved. And on each dollar is the face of somebody that you care about, whether it be a friend or a family member. How much would you be willing to give in order to save them? The second didn't happen too long ago. One Sunday morning, Cameron Benson got on stage and shared with us a spoken word, and it was paired with a video. And there were many important and key parts to this video. But the one that stuck with me the most went along the lines of something like this. Isn't it funny how our dogs and cats have more food and cleaner drinking water than our brothers and sisters in Christ? This really bothered me that animals here are treated far better than other people around the world. My mission is to prevent this reality of dogs and cats being treated better than our brothers and sisters in Christ. If I can share my blessings with others and give them a chance at the life that I have been so lucky to have lived, then I will give as much as I can to ensure that they too also can experience God's grace and glory. I've done this through fundraisers and saving money I've received on various occasions, whether it be birthday or Christmas. One fundraiser I've held was Pins for Purpose, where our youth group went to bowl in order to raise money for Speed the Light. It was a fun way to help other youth members to get a chance and raise money for missions through supporting sponsors. If I had to give any advice to you to start raising money for Speed the Light, I would say, make it fun. Don't treat it like a job. 2 Corinthians 9-7. Be inspired and get creative. Come on, y'all. Give up. I'll give Peyton Wood some praise this morning. I know, I, well, excuse me, honor, not praise. I know we want to give God honor, but we want to honor a student. And uh, what I have right here is a plaque that uh, Alabama Youth Ministries uh, honors a student every year for their generous uh, giving. And it's the Ralph W. Harris Award. And this award is special because for those of you that may not know that name, he is the originator and founder of Speed the Light. And what happened was a leader had the heart uh, and, a, and a vision of ways for this generation to give to missionaries all across the world to help them spread the gospel in areas that just that they couldn't hear it. So uh, this year, the Ralph W. Harris Award winner for the state of Alabama is Peyton Wood. Can y'all give it up for him as he comes to the platform? Come on, bro. Uh, I just want to honor Peyton uh, just for a moment uh, more. Uh, when I first got here, uh, our first event together was uh, deeper. Then we went to camp, and uh, I heard the Holy Spirit speak a specific sentence to me that I was uh, kind of hesitant to share with Peyton, but I felt like I was supposed to, and um, I, that'll preach in itself. But um, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to tell Peyton that he would see more than his grandfather. Uh, and for those of you that don't know his grandfather, his grandfather is Murray Kelly. Uh, he was a pastor here for 20 plus years, and he has given a lot to missions. 
uh, through his generosity and through the generosity of this church. And I believe Payton will have that same impact because of the heritage and legacy that he comes from. And so uh, for those of you that don't know Payton as well, he also didn't really even want this award because he said, I didn't give all the money, Pastor Will, but I think there's something about when a generation, uh, that when they're on fire, people will come watch them burn. And so uh, Payton is really, he, he just has a heart for, for missions, for lost people. And I just want to honor you, Peyton, just through your generosity, through what you've done, because I believe it's important. It's a big deal. I love you. I'm proud of you. And I think the best is still to come for your life. So I love you. Can you give it up for Peyton one more time? Proud of you, bro. Oh, it's so great to just celebrate the goodness of God and what God's doing. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who participate and celebrate in your giving and in your generosity and on behalf of the 67 missionaries that and uh, missions organizations that we support around the world and if you've never taken the time to go out in our foyer and just to the right it's our missions wall and there's that tv screen that has a a, a plane that flies from dothan to every single missions organization and missionary that we support literally around the world uh, but the best is yet to come and I can tell you this year, this past year, we gave uh, as a church, uh, it was just an amazing year of generosity as you partnered in the mission and invested almost $340,000 this past year to win the world to Jesus Christ. And so today, I want to take a moment. We're going to pray over our time of giving. And yes, it is offering time. We get to give unto the Lord. And we're grateful God blessed us. He's been good and faithful to us. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. I've said it so often that we own nothing. Truly, we are just stewards of what God has given to us. Uh, people that say, well, I, I just did it myself. I, I started my own business. Well, let me ask you, who gave you that creativity in your brain? Who gave you the breath in your lungs? Who gave you the strength in your body to do what you do every day? It was God. And so today, as we partner in the mission field around the world and in our giving of tithes and offerings, I, I encourage you, and by the way, we don't, we're not going to pass the plate today, but you can see the five ways to give up on the screen. And if you want to get uh, giving credit, I know tax time is coming. And if you want giving credit, you can just put that on the envelope in the seat pocket in front of you and then turn that in on your way out in the giving boxes. But we're going to pray. And I want to pray a prayer blessing. I believe that God does bless sacrifice and generosity because that's the heart of God. God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. That was the proof of his love. And today, we're going to take a moment and honor His goodness, His love toward us, because He's a good and giving God. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your amazing love. And Lord, we do thank you, and we do honor some of these uh, students that are giving of themselves to see the work of mission and ministry around the world, to see your name lifted up. But Lord, I want to take a moment, and as uh, these missionaries have said to me so many times, please, please thank these people that have given generously and sacrificed. Lord, I, I say thank you for allowing us to partner in your mission field. And now I ask that you'd give seed to the sower and you'd make all grace abound to us so that in all things, at all times, having all that we could ever need, we would abound in every good work. And I bless these, your people, in Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. God bless you as you give and as you partner in this mission to reach the world with the love of Jesus Christ. Well, listen, uh, I'm going to invite your elders if they would make their way toward our various stations of prayer today. You may have come in here with a need for prayer, whether it's uh, a need for healing or a miracle of God in your life. Maybe it's a need for a job, financial miracle. Maybe you just need a relationship miracle between you and your child or you and your spouse, you and a coworker, whatever it might be, friends. Today, these elders are here as your elders to pray for you. They pray for you all week long. And they're here to partner with you to see a miracle of God take place today. And I believe that miracles are available today. So they're stationed right here in the back by this exit sign, over here by this exit sign, and up in the balcony. If you have a need for prayer, what we're going to do is, as all of us stand up and continue to worship the Lord together, I'm going to invite you to slip out from where you're at. Just go back to those areas of prayer and receive prayer right now. And let's believe God for a miracle in this house. Would you stand up with us? Worship team, would you lead us into this worship song today?
touch from God. Maybe you didn't go back to the back to receive prayer, but you just know you need a miracle either in your family, in a, a, a friend. Maybe you were just diagnosed with something and, and you just know you need, you need a touch from God. 
I'm going to invite you right now. Would you just slip up your hand and just by the uplifted hand acknowledge right now, I need, I need something from the Lord. I need a miracle touch from God. And here's what I'm going to ask. If you just keep your hand raised for just a moment, there may be some that are around you or beside you. And I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird or creepy or strange or anything like that. But I just ask for you to, if you see somebody's hand raised next to you, just kind of put your hand on their shoulder. And you don't have to pray super loud or anything. Uh, but I just want you to begin to pray for them. And you don't even have to know the need. Just the fact that the need is there. Representative. That These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the family of God. And we're going to believe God for a miracle right now in Jesus' name. God, we see these that are struggling, going through crisis, going through difficulty. God, going through pain, going through issues. that They need a touch from you. They need something unique from you a strategic touch from you a miracle moment god i pray in jesus name that miracles would break out in this house that lord this would be a a house of miracles because we're a house of prayer and now god i ask for each person in this room that needs a special anointing a special moment with you lord i pray you would place your hand upon them in jesus name lord would you do what only you can do and do something miraculous. And Lord, if we can do something to help that situation, then we'll do all we can. But when we get to the end of what we can do, Lord, you step in and do what only you can do. And we'll believe you, God. We put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. And we thank you now in advance for the miracle of God in Jesus' name. Now what I want you to do, just thank God as though the miracle's already taken place. Because that's what faith is. That's what faith is. It's just thanking God in advance for what he's going to do. We believe that. And listen, let me just tell you this right here. I want to give you a little pastoral instruction. There are two biblical types of miracles. There are instantaneous miracles, those that happen just bang, just like that. And as soon as you pray it, God shows up and, and it happens. And that's awesome when that happens. We celebrate that. But listen, there's also a biblical way of miracle called a progressive miracle. Matter of fact, there are many times where, where uh, they left the presence of Jesus after having received that touch. And on their way, they received their miracle. So listen, if you didn't receive something like instantaneous or immediate, if you did, let us know. We want to celebrate that testimony of God. But if you didn't. I want to encourage you, don't give up faith, don't give up hope. As a matter of fact, keep praying. That miracle could happen tomorrow morning on your way to work. Who knows what God could do? But my, my encouragement is always this, lean into faith when it comes to your relationship with God. Because the Bible talks about faith is like legal tender in the spirit realm. It's like, you know, when you're paying for something, uh, you take your legal tender, which here is the United States U.S. currency, it's a dollar bill right? Well, I know we don't use dollar bills anymore, but you know what I mean? And, and you take your dollars and you exchange it for something. Well, faith is, is just like that in the spirit realm. God doesn't move out of fear. He moves out of faith. That's why I always encourage people, don't pray just because you're afraid and you pray out of fear. Like you pray out of faith. You say, God, I trust you. I believe you. And God, whatever, have your way. My favorite of the end of every prayer is to pray just like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but Jesus said what? But yours be done. And that's our, that's our hope today as we put our confidence in Him. Amen?
Amen. Just turn to your neighbor beside you before you go and you're seated and just say, God is big enough. Go ahead. Let them know God is big enough and then you can be seated. God bless you. You can be seated. And today, as I said, this is a celebration. It's Celebration Sunday. And so today we're looking back over all that God's done, the blessing hand of God. And, and uh, I just want you to take a, a look at this video of just a few of the ministries. Now, if we highlighted every single ministry in this church, I want you to know we'd be here all day and into tomorrow. And we know you got to go to work, okay? So, so this is just a few of the many miracles that God's doing through your faithfulness, through your generosity. And I, I want to invite you to celebrate with me the goodness of God. Not what we've done. Not look what we've done. Look what the Lord. Look what God has done over this past year in just a few of these ministries and the memorable moments of 2022. Go ahead and take a look. God is moving in Dothan. Our 2022 year at Dothan First was full of life, ministry, challenge, and opportunity. Through your faithful generosity, we were able to support 67 missionaries across the world. Our worldwide missions giving totaled $339,987. Thank you for partnering with us to proclaim the gospel in every corner of the earth. We had over 40 life groups serving for relational discipleship, including 12 freedom groups and over 100 people completing the freedom course. Dothan First reached around 750 people every week through our online tools, including social media and streaming worship services. We launched a new ministry aiming to serve the spiritual needs of young adults and saw over 100 young men and women involved. Youth First saw growing ministry fruitfulness with increases in average weekly attendance, small groups, interns and student leaders, and increase in adult leaders. Over $78,000 was given to missions through Youth First. 131 salvations and rededications occurred. Kids First Elementary and Kids First Junior enjoyed additions in their adult and teen leadership team members. Average attendance increased by 10% and prayers for salvation happened almost weekly. How exciting that kids love coming to church. They love coming so much that we were able to open a new wing of classrooms, a family room, and a mother's room in order to serve our family's needs. Dothan, we were able to give out 785 boxes of food to families in need. 2022 was a great year for the worship ministry at Dothan First. Through serving on Sundays, sisterhood events, nights of worship, and hosting the Alabama Ministry Network Conference, 
we have continued building a community of singers and musicians who live a lifestyle of biblically guided worship to our amazing God. In the beginning of 2022, Sisterhood began their deeper nights of worship and prayer where women came together as one to glorify the Lord and receive ministry through prayer. Sisterhood relaunched Sisterhood Nights this past February with the Refresh Gathering and are planning their first Sisterhood Weekend Conference happening in the fall of 2023. Our Sunday worship gatherings experienced a 40% increase in attendance. There were numerous baptisms and child dedications that we celebrated together. We're excited to welcome so many new members who have completed GrowTribe. We are honored to partner together with you to see what God will do this year through our serving, giving, and obedience. Come on, can you stand up with me? Can you stand up and give God praise? for what he's doing. Look what God is doing. Come on. Let's just celebrate and give God some praise. Lord, we thank you. The best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. We'll remain standing. Grab your copy of God's word. Say this with me. Say, I am what God's word says I am. I can do what God's word said I can do. I can become all that God said I can be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now I just turn to the person next to you and say, neighbor, it's going to be a great day today in the house of God. You can go ahead and be seated. And if you would turn to the book of Exodus, all the way back to the Old Testament and uh, go ahead and turn there if you would, please. As we just celebrate the goodness of God, we've been in this series called Believe For It. And really the point is we're trying to teach each one of you that we can partner in the plan of God for our, our families, for our church, for our church ministries. That literally we can partner with God and we need to have faith to believe for it. So I started out the the new year talking about, you know, physical health, and we talked about spiritual health, and we went through a time of fasting and prayer and consecration, and then I started talking about some of the emotional health, and and then we we went to a mental health and started to talk about that, and and then we went into the topics of relational health, and now I want to talk about parenting. And we started this last week, and I won't take a ton of time to go through all of it, but I'd like to start by just taking a group of five, six, and seven-year-olds and explain as some professionals posed a very important question, what does love mean? And these are some of the deep, deep answers that were received by these five, six, and seven-year-olds. This five-year-old says this, Carl says this, love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. (laughs) That's not bad. That's pretty true right there. Next one, age six, Chrissy says this, love 
is when you go out to eat and you give somebody most of your french fries without making you give making them give you any of theirs and one day i'm going to love my wife i guess in this one of these days elaine age five says love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken <laughs> i love it chris age seven says love is when mommy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and still says he's handsomer than brad pitt and that's what michelle says every time i get done with the lawn that's <laughs> karen age seven says, when you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down and little stars come out of you. <laughs> Somebody's been watching some Disney movies, I think. I don't know. How many understand that kids are learning love from you? Your children are learning what love really is based on how you treat them and most importantly, how you treat one another. And so what we want to do in our homes, if we're going to set the baseline, the foundation of all that we do in parenting, it ought to come from a one word called honor. And we talked about that last week just a little bit. What is honor? It's to give credit and recognition, to highly respect and esteem. As a matter of fact, I want you to understand it's not teach up a child in the way he should go. It's train up a child in the way he should go. They learn by modeling. Do what I say, not as I do. Well, let me tell you something. They do as you do. It's true. They're, 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 they're like sponges that they, they absorb their environment, especially in those earliest of ages. So I want to help you as both parents and grandparents as you walk through this process, and, and you may be, not be a parent or a grandparent, maybe you're a student in the room, or maybe you're a young person, or you're, you're unmarried in the room, I want you to know, we may not all be parents, but we're all children, right? You may not even know your parents, but you're a child. And so we need to learn as children how to respond properly. And here's what the Bible says, going back to the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says, honor your father and mother, and here it is, this condition with a promise, this is then, if I say then, then you'll have a long, full life. Ephesians chapter 6 in the New Testament reveals this same concept. It says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If, if I say if, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. I love that part. And you'll have a long life on the earth. And in other words, there's blessing with honor. And just in quick review, there's no time limits or age limits to this. You could be 80 years old and have a parent that's 100 and you still need to give honor. So what does that look like? Well, I want you to understand that you need to learn how to give positional honor. That means regardless of the parenting style, maybe they were incredible parents and they're really easy to, to honor. And I understand that because I have great, incredible, awesome parents that sit right here as pastors of leadership development. And they, they pour into this church and they pour into me. So I thank God for that. It's really easy for me to honor my parents. But I understand there are those in this room, you, you don't have honorable parents. And, and I get that. And I want to talk you through some of that today a little bit. But what do you, what do, you do with that? Well, listen... You can, you can honor their position even when you can't honor their personality. You follow that? So, so you give positional honor just because they brought you into this world and God used them to bring you into this world with just the right DNA to make you. You can thank God for them 
in that way. So let's talk about this. As I go backward, I, I want to remind those of you that weren't here last week that we talked about these stages of life. And honor looks just a little bit different in each age stage. So I started last week with just the children, just the youngest ones, the little kiddos. You got to teach them honor in a, at a very young age. So how do you honor? A child honors their parents by obeying them. Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents for this is the right thing to do. It doesn't say honor your parents because they're always, always right or always the smartest person, okay? How many of you know, most and generally those of you that are parents, you raised your kids in your 20s. Most of us, look, some kids grow up thinking that you have to take some special exam and pass this parenting exam to have a kid, that is not the way it happens. And I'm not going to tell you how it happens. Uh, well, somebody asked me, one of the parents asked, you know, talking about the birds and the bees. And I, I won't give you a speech on this. There's age appropriateness to revealing those things. But how many understand it has nothing to do with taking a special test? Although there is a test that you go get at Walgreens to make sure that you are pregnant. But that's another thing altogether. Okay. All right. So, so that, means, that means your parent didn't have to be perfect before they had you. And guess what? Their parents weren't perfect when they had them. And their parents before them weren't perfect when they had them. So we're talking about a flawed generation of humans that are just doing their best. And hopefully living in an honorable way and teaching you how to honor your siblings, your parents, and those around you. But those parents model honor when they love each other the way they show honor to each other. That's their first picture of honor, a kid's first picture of honor. The second one is the way you treat authority figures in your life, your boss. How you talk about your boss in front of your kids is a huge deal. How you talk about anyone in authority in front of them is a huge, huge deal. The way you honor those in authority shows them this is how you treat authority. All right, so we talked a little bit about that last week, and uh, the Bible teaches us to obey, especially as children, willingly, pleasantly, and obediently. Um, it, listen, if you are considered a dependent, if you're dependent on your parent to give you food and clothing and shelter or whatever it is in your life, you need to understand, under their roof, it's their rules, and one day when you're out on your own and you're doing your own thing and you're paying your own bills and all those things, then, then you're going to be in charge of all those decisions. But I can just tell you, looking back, I remember as a child thinking, one day when I'm grown, one day when I'm grown, and now I'm grown and like, I wish I could be a kid again. <laughs> the bills and the responsibility and all the things that come with those age stages let me give quick some parenting advice because uh, there were some questions that came in that asked specifically about parenting. And Michelle and I, hopefully the, the big guns will come out next week and Michelle can actually get up here and we'll do this together. And today, because of our celebration, there's a little bit shorter window of time where I can share all that I, I feel like I want to share. So I'm going to hopefully, Lord willing, partner with her next week and we can continue this conversation. But I, I want to give you parents a, a piece of advice, especially when they're young. And now listen, I'm about to say some things that are very personal, but just with Michelle and I. So it doesn't necessarily have to overlap with you and your parenting style, but that's okay. I'm just, I, I'm referring you to our lives. 
But Michelle, she had a four-year degree. She had a Bible major and an elementary uh, education degree. She had taken certification. Uh, she was a school teacher. As a matter of fact, she was an incredible school teacher. And we collectively, as we prayed about uh, that moment when we were going to have kids, we had talked before we got married and then after we got married that uh, one of us was going to stay home with the children when they were, when they were really young. And so I want to take a moment and just honor my wife for the willingness to sacrifice her career goals to, to raise up some of the greatest children on, on God's green earth, my children. And, and I know they're not perfect in any way, but I have to tell you, I'm so incredibly proud of who they've become. And, and I give a lot of credit to my wife in terms of the raising of our kids, although I was there and present and always teaching. Matter of fact, as a pastor, I'm never without words, and my son, will, uh, who's here, will definitely say that's true, that everything was a life lesson with three points. But, but this, this, was our, this was our decision, and I will say this, if it's at all possible, especially post-COVID when a lot of people are at home, stay at home, I encourage at least one parent to be at home with your child, especially for those first four years, if at all possible. Again, look, I'm not throwing any shade on anybody, two-parent incomes and all of this. Uh, I understand. I really do understand there's a unique thing that moms have to go through in particular. Men do too, but, but, but especially ladies, that you hear it from society all the time. If you stay at home, then you're not doing the right thing. If you go to work, you're not doing the right thing. If you do both, you're not doing the right thing. And it's just, it's incredibly confusing. But I want to challenge and encourage each of you that can. We, listen, I got to tell you, we had to sacrifice financially. We, we did a lot of coupon clipping. But it was to our benefit and to the benefit of our children that we had one parent that was at home during that season of our children's formation. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Again, I know that that carries with it unique thoughts and challenges, and I'm not intending to tell you you must do X, but I will tell you we don't regret our decision, and I believe you won't either. I truly believe when you get to the end of your life, because I'm with a lot of people at the end of their lives, I've been next to bedsides where they take their last breath in a lot of situations and none of them wished they had more time at work. I promise you, not one person I've ever met anywhere where I've sat next to their bedside and they've take, they're getting ready to take their last breath, did they wish they had higher accolades or even a higher pay scale? They didn't care about any of that. They just want to invest in their generations behind them. So that's the first thing that I'll say as, as just a, a cautionary thing. And, and listen, I, I know that that carries with it a lot of weight, and I'm, I really hope that you do this. The next thing I would really encourage you to do is eat together as much as you possibly can. Eat together and set your cell phones aside when you do. The dinner table is so important. In Europe right now, uh, less and less families even have a dining room at all. That's how uncommon it is for families to eat together anymore is they're just doing away with a dining room altogether and making it another available space for entertainment. How many understand we don't need more entertainment? We need more relationship. And so I encourage every last one of you, even if you don't make meals, even if you go get a meal, bring it home. 
Take it out, door dash it, however you have to do it, but, but get a meal where you're all seated together. Communal eating is so important for child development. You will learn so much about your child at the dinner table and what happened at school if you just kind of eat and chat and get to know them. This is really, really important stuff. Um, they say about those that are in nursing homes in the latter years of their life, they tell those that are working with them, uh, the nurses and, and uh, doctors, don't do for them what they can do for themselves. And I think that's an interesting perspective for the older, but I would say in the younger, that's the same thing. You need to not do for them what they can do for themselves. Why? Because you rob them of the opportunity to learn how to grow in their cognitive development. Okay, often children are tactile learners, and so you have to uh, place a demand on their abilities. And as a parent, the best thing you can do is come alongside them to assist them, right? You can't make them walk, but you encourage them to take their first steps knowing they're going to fall. Are you listening to this? You as a parent, you know that they're going to fall when they take their first step, and yet, you abusive parent... (laughs) You encourage them to take a step instead of crawling the rest of their life. And I'm going to tell you this, especially with moms, God bless your hearts. You are nurturing. Most all of you, uh, there's there's a nature of nurture often. And why? Because often, I mean, you're, you're growing a child inside your womb, so they're completely dependent on everything you put in your body. And then you, uh, you, know, you give that child life, and that child, well, God gives them life, but then you're the one responsible for pushing them out of your body, and then they're crying, and they immediately want mom. And often you're nursing, and you're taking care of that child's every single need. So why would it be, it would be weird to, like, shut that off? How do you shut off? something so natural, but in mothers, there's that nurturing, and I want to encourage you, children learn so much about handling life situations through allowing them the freedom and the flexibility to test the waters of the world. Now, I'm not saying don't put restrictions on your kids. Listen, uh, I think about it uh, from a scaffolding perspective. Those of you that are builders in the room or those of you that have driven by and seen when they're uh, putting together a building, they often have scaffolding on the outside. The scaffolding is built up not to remain there forever, but so that the building can remain secure. And for that season of building, they have scaffolding all the way around it. And that's what good parenting is. You're scaffolding, you're building this child and building their character and watching their nature and helping to shield and guide and correct and direct. And all of that is great scaffolding, but sometimes in particular moms don't know when the scaffolding is supposed to slowly come down. And so I want to encourage you that what often happens, and listen, some good intentioned parents, they they overcorrect as I said, from that parenting pendulum, maybe your parents, you know, weren't really there for you. And so you overcorrect and you just, you hang on and hang on and hang on and hang on. And you say, I'll do it for you. I'll take care of that for you. You don't want them to experience any pain or any difficulty. And the problem is it creates insecure children. See, the security comes when they meet a challenge, they meet that difficulty head on, and then they accomplish something and they go, look what I did, mom. Dad, look what I did. And that's where self-esteem is born. It's not just telling them how great they are all the time. For heaven's sake, they're not great. 
Oh, come on. These kids are not great yet. The point is that you're getting them to a trajectory of greatness. So you don't want to just celebrate where they are. You want to celebrate who they're becoming. That's the blessing of parenting is partnering with God to release them into their destiny. But you can't do that if you're constantly holding them back. There was a um, psychology study that was done where they let children play in a, a, like a backyard where there was no fence around it. And most and generally, the children played closer to the house. But when they put up a fence and then had the same children going out, those children walked all the way around the edges and were playing along the fence line and all of that, all the way around the edges. Why? Because boundaries are beneficial to children. It actually creates security in them. I'll give you a quick example of last night. I'm going to be careful. I'm going to be careful. I promise. I'm going to be careful, baby. I promise. I rarely do this. I usually wait until like five years or 10 years after the fact to share with you the challenges and the blessings that we've experienced as a family. But I'm going to just reveal my whole life right here in front of all of you. This happened last night. So our daughter, Cameron, who I will owe probably five extra dollars for saying her name on stage without her being present or receiving permission from her. But I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. It's all right. I'm telling her, I'm, it's okay, I'm going to be good. But our daughter asked us for spring break if she could go to Denver, Colorado. There's a church out there, an amazing uh, church that she's connected with. She's staying with the pastors there of this mega church, and God's doing incredible things at Red Rocks. And so she, she was flying there, and so she flew into Cincinnati. But here was the problem. She didn't realize that when she had booked this flight, that she was going to have an eight-hour layover in Cincinnati, Ohio. I didn't know it. I should have, because if I, if I were in charge, I would have booked it different, wouldn't I, baby? I would have booked it different. But you know what? Eight hours, she stayed, and, and guess what happened? The flight got delayed, and the flight got delayed, and the flight got delayed, and then the flight canceled. Yeah, 19 years old, she's going to stay last night in the airport, right? I'm like, nah, baby, that ain't happening. So the airline decided that they were going to give her a voucher for a hotel stay. So I'm like, okay, well, baby, do you have Uber on your phone or some way to get there? She's like, no, I don't have that downloaded on my phone. I'm like, okay. So my daughter's stuck in the airport. Now, here's, here's the difference between dad and mom, okay? Dad's on the phone. She didn't call mom for this. She calls mom when she finds a new dress that's so, so cute. But she don't call mom in this moment. Now, I'm watching my wife's eyes, and they get bigger and bigger, and now they're as big as a Buick hubcap staring at me going, what are you going to do? You're driving tonight to Ohio, and you're getting our daughter, and you're going to bring her back here. And I thought for a moment about my own parents. And I have to say publicly, I want to thank my mom in particular publicly that she allowed me to be a boy. I mean, she let me do things right? Sometimes she said, I just heard her say, sometimes, sometimes. She let me be a boy because one day she knew I'd become a man and she knew I'd have to handle difficult circumstances. She allowed me to go through those things and I thank God for that. And so I was thinking in my mind, okay, she's 19 year, years old. She's not been in this situation before. How can I help her without doing it all for her? 
So the first thing I said is, listen, I know you're dealing with a lot of emotions right now, but I want you to put all your emotions on hold and I want you to lean into logic right now. Okay, how many know as a dad telling a 19, 18, 19 year old girl who's stuck in an airport in a city she's never been in and not knowing where she's going to stay that night, it's a little nerve wracking, but I said, get a hold of your emotions. It's time to, it's time to get logical because you're going you're to get through this, but you need to stay focused. I said, here's what you do. And I went through the steps. Well, they handed out that voucher and she said, daddy, the place that they're having me stay is about seven miles away. I said, well, let me look it up online and we'll look it up together. Let's read the reviews. The reviews, it was a one-star hotel and, they, and all the reviews said, this is a crack house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I sent her off to that crack house and she's fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, you thought I was going to say that, didn't you? You're like, that dad letting her go through the steps. No, no, I didn't do that. No, I didn't do that. I said, this is what you do. You look at, you look at the, the reviews and you check to see, is this a hotel or a motel that's going to be uh, okay? You're going to be safe by yourself. And then the next thing I did was when we looked at it, realized that's not a good place. Then we both booked another hotel that was closer to it. I said, they have a free shuttle. Let's look for places that have a free shuttle. Everybody say free shuttle for my daughter. Okay. And, and she... Thank God she gets on, she, I had her on the phone while she was waiting outside. I said, now, baby, I want you to do this. I don't want one tear shed right now. Once you get behind that closed door and you lock that door of your hotel, you can cry on the bed the rest of the night if you have to. But right now, I want you to get tears out of eyes, and I want you to look around at your environment. You're walking outside. It's late at night. At this point, it was about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and she's out there looking for a shuttle. And I said, I want you to look in your, who's around you? How many people are around you? What are they wearing? What are they? Because I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> I will find you. See, that's the problem is we see the, the movie Taken and we flip out as a parent and we go, dear God, my child should never travel. And the fact is, can I tell you, they have a higher percentage of slipping and falling in the bathroom. So moms and dad in this room, if you really want to protect your kids, stop letting them go to the bathroom because they'll finally be okay. So here's what I did. I stayed on the phone with her. She looked, and here's what she said. You'll love this, Pastor Betty. She said, she said, Daddy, she started, her voice started to tremble. Daddy, the driver looks like Pastor Betty. I feel okay now. <laughs> Come on, give it up. All she needed from God was to have somebody look like you, Pastor Betty, and she knew everything was going to be okay. <laughs> Friends, I'm trying to encourage you. Look, in my own life, we, we want to do everything to stop our kids from ever being in difficulty. But listen, it is to their best interest not to keep them from everything, but to keep them from some things, to set up the right kind of boundaries that will benefit and bless them in their future. I would encourage you to do this uh, four C's that I've learned, and I don't have it in the notes. I just kind of came up with this this morning as I was thinking about it. But these four C's I would encourage you to train your child in, especially when they're young. And it's confidence, competence, courage, and Christ. Let me say that again. Confidence, competence, courage, and Christ. 
Because an overprotected child is unprepared for life's challenges. Make them courageous. You know what I said this morning? Michelle doesn't even know this, but I got on the phone with her this morning when she actually did get on her flight. And um, I said, baby, I hated that this happened. But you know what? I want you to know how incredibly proud I am of you because you, you had the courage to do this and now everything was okay, right? So, so all that emotion, all that stuff, you, you led with logic. We prayed together over the phone. And I said, baby, you're going you're gonna to find in your life all kinds of different challenges, but you need to learn how to meet those challenges head on. As a matter of fact, that's why, dads, it's good for you and your sons to wrestle when they're young, to have that rough and tumble play. It actually teaches them about their own strength, right? One of the things that I did with Griffin when he was really young is I would say, uh, we'd, we'd wrestle around and I'd say, it's time to break out of the cage, and I'd get him in some kind of a lock somehow, some way. And I knew my own strength and I knew his strength. And I knew at that time I would overpower him. If he tried to do that today, he would overpower me. But I got dad's strength and I know how to take care of myself. I'm just saying in front of him. Anyway, I'm a man. Yeah. But I, I'd, put him, I'd put him in my cage, my, my little headlock. And, and, and I'd have him wrestle his way out until he pushed his way out. And, but he'd have to struggle and push his way and exert his strength. And that's a really healthy thing for a child, especially a boy, to learn. So, so in particular, moms and dads, just watch for those opportunities for your children to push their way out of things. See, sometimes we, we get in a, a situation where the parent um, keeps them from things like problems at school. That's, that's so hard. You know, that everybody's against my baby. I got you, baby. It's okay. I'll take care of everything. And when they're, when they're 40 playing video games in your basement and you keep bringing them food, I'm telling, look, I'm just saying. <laughs> Self-esteem. They learn they need to learn responsibility. They need a competence trajectory. Competence trajectory. And one of the things I said last week, and I've kind of shift gears here, is a parent asked about this, is how do you teach a kid uh, empathy? And I'll say this, don't let your kids do things that, you, that makes you dislike them. Don't do things, don't let your kids do things that make you dislike them. Because as a child, if they're continually doing things that you disapprove of and dislike and you're not correcting that behavior, one day they're going to get with other kids and they won't have socialization properly, right? Because if you, if you don't raise a kid in an environment where they've got uh, that rule and then if they break the rule, then there's consequences, what happens is they, they're, they're learning that there's no consequences to bad behavior, and so they get in environments with socialization where they go off to school and none of the kids want to play with them. One of the grades that they used to have in school was works well or plays well with others. And that's something that we have to teach them. We've got to train them. Look, you don't want to raise a sociopath. Right? A sociopath is someone who has no empathy. And, and so the way you train your child empathy is when you hit mommy, it hurts mommy. So stop it. Or daddy. 
<laughs> no. But you understand what I'm saying. We want to train our children in the way that they should go, should go, should go, so that when they're old, they won't depart from it. Worship team, if you come as we prepare to close out. I do want to talk about teenagers for a minute, and I won't go deep into it. Maybe next week we'll get deeper into this. But I want to answer some of those questions that you asked, and thank you for the thoughtful questions you sent in. We're pondering them and trying to find a way biblically where we can help you with this. But as a teenager, uh, it goes beyond obedience and it goes into appreciation. Um, You know what? If you have a home that appreciates, right? You put in the sweat equity and you change the flooring and you paint the walls or whatever you do to make that house pretty and um, you give it curb appeal and all those things. I want to explain something to you. There's something about a home that appreciates higher or it increases in value. So, so what you do, want to do as a teenager, listen, is you don't want to devalue your parents. The way a teenager devalues the parent is eye rolls and head weaves. Right? Do this. Clean your room. Finish your food. You can't go out with your friends. For too long, you're like, you need a chiropractic adjustment, and I'm about to give it to you. I'm going to align your spine, baby. What you're doing in appreciation as a young adult or as a teenager is you're increasing the value. See, the fact is, is they, that you wouldn't be there if they weren't there. And, and even if it was misguided parenting, the, the sacrifice, dear God, the sacrifice that it takes to be a parent. Just financially, they're saying it takes between a quarter and a half a million dollars to raise each child. I was going to make a joke right there, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to withhold my comments. But that'll make you second guess having kids in the first place. Man, imagine all your mother and father could have bought if you weren't around. (laughs) But they chose to sacrifice and give of themselves so that you could have life. You, you, You have to appreciate the sacrifice. And friends, today, I want to encourage you in Christianity, it's no different. We have to appreciate what God the Father did to give us not just life on this earth, but new life with him. And for those of you in this room that haven't had the opportunity to show value and appreciation to God, you know what that's called? It's called worship. It's worship. Worship is not a song. It's not a song list. It's a lifestyle. Matter of fact, you break down that word, it's worth-ship. You're telling God in praise how much he's worth to you. When you raise your hands toward God, it's a picture of surrender. So we don't just raise our hands because we're Pentecostal or charismatic. We do it because it's a biblical thing. It's something that the Bible talks about, lifting up holy hands. And so when we raise our hands to God during worship, it's it's a, a sign that we're surrendering. God, I give you my all. I love you, God. I honor you. I worship you. 
So when you appreciate the sacrifice that Christ has given, just like we appreciate the sacrifice of parents or we appreciate the sacrifices on uh, Memorial Day or on uh, 4th of July or, or Veterans Day or those days that we honor veterans that have given their lives so that we could have the blessings that we have in this country, freedoms that we have in this country, so too in a spiritual dimension, we have to take the time to thank God that he gives us new life. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Lord Jesus, in this room, I know there are some, the best way that they can honor God is by giving themselves to him in faith. So Lord, in this moment, we open the doors wide and we say, God, have your way. Have your way in me. Have your way in my life. Matter of fact, if, if, if just heads bowed and eyes closed. If there are those in this room, you'd say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. I need to make him Lord and Savior of every area of my life. Maybe you've been walking away from God, willful disobedience from his word and his will. Whatever that is, friend, I want you to know that sin separates us from God. But God says he loves you with an everlasting love. He's not an imperfect parent. He's a perfect father. And he loves you with an unconditional love. And he loves you too much to let you stay in that place of separation from him. He wants you to have full and complete release from shame and guilt from the past. He wants you to be set free. The Bible says he whom the son is set free is free indeed. Jesus is here today. He's here to set you free and give you new life. If that's you in any category maybe a, a wayward son or daughter spiritually. You could be 18 or 85, but if there's anything that's separating you from God today, come back home to him. I'm not here to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. I simply want to invite you into this moment of relationship where you seal the deal and you give him worship. You give him your life. You value what Christ gave on the cross. Bible says he set you free from the penalty for your sin, the law of sin and death. It's time to honor him and come back to him or rededicate your life to him or, or come to him for the first time. If that's you, in any of those categories, I want you to do this. Would you just simply slip up your hand? I want to pray for you and include you in this prayer right now on the count of three. One, two, three. Just lift up your hand all over this place. I want to be included in the prayer right now. Yes, God bless you. God bless you here. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you in the back. Yes, God bless you. Yes, yes, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody in the balcony on the main floor? I'm just kind of scanning the audience. God sees your hand when you lift it up. Yes, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? This is your moment with you and God eternally. Make a decision right now for eternity. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down, but I want, I want to pray this prayer with you. Those that are watching online or those here in the building, I'm going to invite you to say this simple prayer with me. And I want you to say it with all you've got. Everybody in the room, but especially you who lifted your hands. Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up all over this house and celebrate as we worship the King together. Come on, give it up for God and for all those who made a decision for Christ. Open the heavens, fling wide the gates, unleash your presence, pour out your grace, show me your glory, the power of your love, cause even a glance is more than enough. Open the heavens, fling wide the gates, unleash your presence, pour out your grace, Lord. God's love, his faith, his favor upon you is enough. You can make it. And I want to release you with this, with this uh, closing blessing. And I'm going to release some of our leadership team. Those of you that are first-time guests in the house, we're honored to have you. And if you'll do us a favor, on, on your way out these doors and just to your left, right before you hit the main doors to go outside, there's a guest reception. It's a room, and it's just for you. All we want to do is take just a few moments of your time to greet you and give you a gift for hanging out with us today. We'd be honored as pastors and leaders to be able to connect with you. We'd be honored to greet you, and I promise we won't take up a bunch of time. We just want to welcome you today give you that gift. Well, listen, let's worship the Lord in this moment by receiving this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his faith and favor to shine upon you. May you just, Lord, lift up right now each person that's a parent or grandparent in this house. I pray you just lift them up. Maybe they're struggling, going through difficulty, crisis or trial, and they feel so uh, defeated, but right now I pray you'd give them victory in their homes in Jesus' name, that it's worth it. Lord, I pray that not one would walk out in discouragement or loneliness, but they'd know you're with them and that you're more than enough. And right now, I just speak life over each person in this room, every parent, every grandparent, every great-grandparent, every teenager, every child, every young person in this house. I pray relationally there'd be something spiritual that happens healing that happens humility that comes and lord i ask in jesus name you would impart to us the wisdom to raise up a generation that loves you and serves you and god i speak life over each person in this house in jesus name amen Amen. Hey, we love you. God bless you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.